Hello, everybody. Welcome well, once again to Vineyard Community Church. Uh, as we sort of continue on in this little Advent sort of series that we're doing, um, Advent, uh, you know, I, I've told you I love this about the liturgical calendar, the church historical calendar, um, because it gives us quite a bit of time to prepare for Christmas and to get our hearts focused on what really matters and the, the meaning of the season and, you know, not to get so caught up in the busyness and all the things that happen that we miss what we're supposed to be celebrating. And um, so we're actually in the fourth Sunday of Advent right now. And the, uh, the sort of themes of the messages during the Advent season, kind of the four gifts that are talked about, um, are hope, joy, peace, and love. And so we've, we've talked about hope, and last week we talked about joy. Today we're going to talk about the peace of God. And then next Sunday, I'll be talking about the love of God. So we'll finish it up then. For those of you here Sunday morning, um, Christmas Eve evening, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different, but it'll fit in with the overall theme. But today, I want to talk about the peace of God, um, which I'm excited about. So that's where we're heading. That's the intro. Transition, a couple of bad Christmas jokes. What do you call a frog hanging from a ceiling? Mistletoe. These are bad. I know. I'm digging deep. What do you call a sheep who doesn't like Christmas? Bah! Humbug. What do you call a blind reindeer? Last one. I have no idea. Come on. That's a classic. No respect. Scripture reading here on purpose. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So last week, as I talked about the joy of the Lord and how he wants us to experience that joy, you know, throughout the year, not just at Christmas. And we talked about it, it was about our focus and focusing on Jesus and, and focusing on others. And then, you know, some of it was about focusing on ourselves. Uh, for part of the illustration, I talked about Charlie Brown in the Christmas Peanut Special because it's something that I've loved for years. And, and um, the author of those comic strips, Charles Schultz, was a, was a strong believer. And in, in the Peanuts comic strip, there are... Um, a lot of references to Christ and a lot of inferences to things were going on. And as we, uh, I took a clip of the special where Linus was reading those verses that he just read to you as the meaning of Christmas. And as he read those verses, when he got to the fear not verses, he actually drops his security blanket, which he never gets rid of. And it's significant. And, and uh, you know, I made, I made mention of the fact that it was a big deal that, that, you know, when we understand who Jesus is, we don't need to be afraid any longer. And we can drop our insecurities. And it's a great illustration, but before he leaves the stage, he picks it back up again, the blanket. It would have been better if he'd have left it there. It would have been, a, for at least for that point, it would have made a better illustration. But uh, I think that, that the fact that he picked it back up is 
realistic because that's what a lot of us do. We pick our stuff back up. We, we hear who Jesus is and we understand He's come to set us free and give us life, but we tend to pick up those old habits and those old things all the time. But that's not the end of the blanket story in the special, and I said I would talk more about it this week just for a few moments. And in another moment or so, I'm going to show you another clip from the Peanut special. And it's at the very end of the special, uh, if you've ever seen it. And what happens is the, the Peanuts gang, they're, they're singing. But it, at this point, it's more than singing. They begin to worship. They're singing a worship song to the Lord. And the music style at that point is different than everything else through the entire sort of special that we've heard. And they're gathered around that little Christmas tree. Uh, and, and really, the, you would think that the song that they would probably sing, because it's been playing in the background, is that song, O Christmas Tree. Because you, you'll hear it in the clip. It's in the background. But, but all of a sudden, a transition happens. And what happens is the focus is no longer the tree. The focus has become bigger than the tree, and it's the real meaning of Christmas. The focus become Jesus, becomes Jesus, and they begin to sing this, this song of worship to the Lord. So let, let's go ahead and run that clip. And uh, I'm going to talk about it some more on the other side. Watch what happens with Linus Blanket in this clip. I never thought I, ne I never thought it was such a bad little tree. It's not bad at all, really. Maybe it just needs a little love. Brown is a blockhead, but he did get a nice tree. What's going on here? begin to worship, but, uh, you know, at the beginning of the clip, what you saw is that Linus parts with that blanket again. He wraps it around the base of that tree, and um, he does it for Charlie Brown, but he's also doing it for himself, and see, the, the picture there is, is just as we should strive to, to not just lay our blankets down anywhere, we pick them up, back up again, but we're to leave them forever. We're to leave that stuff forever behind us at the foot of the cross, and we do that for our own good and for the good of others. And I think all of that is being shown there. It's a, it's a big transition from that, from that tree to another tree where, where Jesus gave his life. And there on that cross, he gave his life for us. And it's, it's the picture of all our insecurities and all our mess being laid there at the foot of the cross where we can leave it and we don't need to pick it back up again. And, and that what happens there is that, you know, Linus knows the truth, he responded to the truth, and then he joined in worship of the king. And I think that's a tremendous picture of the peace of God. It's about knowing the truth, responding to the truth, and worshiping the king. 
In Luke chapter 2, in the, some of those verses I read you earlier, 12 through 14, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men, to people on whom his favor rests. In, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, it says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So my, my hope for you this, this Christmas, my desire, is that along with the hope that we talked about and the joy that we've talked about, that you would enjoy this peace that we're talking about today. And that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, has come to, to inaugurate that peace among God's people. And it's an increasing peace. And that, that there's three relationships I want to talk about today where he wants us to enjoy this peace in our lives. It's about peace with God, peace with ourselves, and peace with others. And, and the peace of God, you know, it's, it's, it's not so much the absence of conflict. It's really about the presence of God in our lives. And so we, we need to understand that that's the peace that we're talking about. So the first thing that I want to talk about is peace with God. Peace with God. What does it mean to be at peace with God? See, this is sort of uh, the most basic need that we have is to be at peace with God. Our sin, we've talked about this now since, you know, we started. We talked about this song, separated us from God. We were not at peace from God, at peace with God, um, apart from knowing Christ. And, and so, you know, there was a, um, a gap. There was a, a division. There was a, a, you know, a separation between us and God. And, and so we need to be restored to him to have peace with him. And this peace is foundational to the pursuit of all other peace in our lives. If we don't have this one, um, we can't be at peace with ourselves and we can't be at peace with others. Any kind of peace that we experience would be very superficial and very temporary. So this foundational peace needs to be established in our lives. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 5 verse 1 said this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's that peace with God that we're talking about, and, and it has to do with the idea of being justified through faith. Justified means that, that God declares you to be just in His sight by imputing to you the righteousness of Jesus. So, you know, I, I say it this way. Um, God, um, as we come to know Christ and we, we make Him the Lord and Savior of our lives, we give our lives to Him, that God then chooses to see us in the perfection of his son. That's amazing. That's so, so his righteousness is imputed to us. And so his perfect life, his sinless life, all those things that he did for us, that's given to us, imputed to us. God chooses to see us in the perfection of his son. And, and, and so the, the way to remember what it means to be justified, it's kind of neat, is he sees us just as if I had not sinned. It's really cool for you to get a hold of that. When, when you come to know Christ and, and you're a follower of Jesus, 
God now sees you through the perfection of his son. Now, getting a hold of that will free you from a lot of room where the enemy will work on us because that's the deal. We've been justified. That's justification, just as if I had not sinned. We know we've sinned. we got the Holy Spirit working on us. We're in process. None of us is perfect. We won't be until we're with him. Uh, you know, either he comes to get us or we go to be with him. But even now, because of the amazing grace and faithfulness of God, he chooses to see us in the perfection of his son. And that's a huge deal. And you need to have that deep inside of you so that you can experience this peace with God. It begins to change everything. When you get a hold of that, it changes the way that you look at people. It really helps you to be less critical and less judgmental. Less, less judgmental. It helps you to be more graceful and more merciful because we begin to understand how amazing His grace and mercy is to us. And, and what an amazing thing is, is that the, the righteousness of the Son of God is imputed to us, given to us. God chooses to see us in the perfection of His Son. And it's done by faith. Um, we've been justified by faith. So it's not by works. It's, it's, it's not by the things we do. It's not by how we follow the rules. It's not by doing more good stuff than bad stuff. It's done by faith alone. So that when we come and place our faith in Christ, this is part of the outcome. Not only, you know, eternal life, and we've talked about that, full and abundant life now, but in our relationship with God, it's been restored, we've been reconciled, and God sees, chooses to see us in the perfection of our son and uh, of his son and it's an amazing amazing deal that we're justified by faith and as we get a hold of that what happens is we we understand and we become at this place where we're at peace with God God adopts us into his family and and from now on all his dealings with us are for our good he'll never be against us he's our father he's our friend we have peace we don't need to be afraid anymore. We don't need to pick up those blankets that we carry around of insecurities or anything else. We're at peace with God. And it's, a, just a, it's, it's like the most amazing thing for us to, to grab a hold of. And, and, you know, along with hope and joy, I want you to get this peace deep inside of you. You're at peace with God because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. So because of that, point number two, because we're at peace with God, we can now experience peace with ourselves, peace with our own soul. Um, be, because we've been justified by faith, we can begin to grow in this enjoyment of the peace of God. And, and here, you know, it's, we talk about this all the time, but this peace that passes understanding um, helps us to get rid of any sense of, of guilt or anxiety that, that tends to get a hold of us and causes us oftentimes to, to become hopeless. And I've told you, the enemy loves to get in and stir up anxieties and worries and all those things. But, but we don't need to allow him to do that. And again, I want to give you one of my favorite verses, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I know I keep coming back to this verse, but I want you to know this one. I've encouraged you for years to memorize this verse. It should just be one of those verses that the moment I give you the address, it should pop into your mind. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so the picture in that verse is that our hearts and our minds, see, are under assault. The enemy is trying to, to stir you up, to, to get you off course, to steal life from you. He does it, you know, with, with guilt and worries and threats and confusions and uncertainties and all these things try and threaten our peace. 
And yet Paul says that God wants to, to guard your hearts and to, to guard your minds. And he guards them with his peace. He guards them in a way that goes beyond what our human understanding can even fathom. He, he gives us a, a, an inexplicable a peace. It's, it's super irrational, if you would. It goes beyond what, what we can begin to comprehend. And, and he does it. That verse says, whenever we take those anxieties, those worries, those concerns, those fears, whenever we take them to him in prayer, he does something about it. It's, a, it's this peace. It's the most amazing thing. I, I'm, whenever that heaviness comes on you, and I'm, my prayer is that you'll get this, because I, it tries to come on me all the time. I mean, it's a regular thing. I tell you, the quicker I get to this verse, the more life I experience. The longer I stay away from that, the longer I'm, I'm allowing the enemy to steal life away from me. And I don't want him to take a moment. He took enough time. I don't want to give him any. And, and so the moment that you, and you can feel it, it kind of, I can feel it. I, I shouldn't tell you how you feel. The way I experience it's this, all of a sudden, this heavy thing that, you know, it's palpable to me. And I'm like, you know what? I, I don't have to do this. I don't have to be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, I'm to present my request to God. And I'll stop right there and I'll just say, Lord, I've got this thing hanging on me. And I'm going to give it to you. And I'll name whatever the situation or situations are or the people or whatever it is. I'll just give them to you. And God, I don't know how you do it, but I'm just lifting this whole thing up to you. And, and he is so true to his word. His peace comes. It's inexplicable, but you can feel it. I can feel it, Lee. Whenever I do that. I'm always amazed at how long it takes, the gap. You would think I would get it, and I have it like this all the time, but it's a process. But, but this is what he does. And, and he does it when we take our anxieties to him uh, in prayer and trust him, knowing that he's good and that he's got us. And then somehow he carries them for us. That, that's the only way I can understand it. He, he takes it. He had it all the time, but we, we sort of took it on, and he's like, I'll carry that for you. And he does. And he's, he's really good with it. So... We do that, you know, remembering that we're already at peace with Him, and we can trust Him. He loves us. He's our Father, and He's, he's good to us, and His peace comes to steady us and, and protect us from the sort of the disabling effects of peer, fear and anxiety and guilt in our lives. And then we're able to carry on and live, and He gets the glory for the life that He gives us because we trust Him. So, you know, I've been telling you, do that. Take your anxieties to God. Um, tell Him about them. Ask Him to help you. And he will, and he'll protect you, and he restores your peace. And then, um, and then, see, when that happens, another thing happens, and that's this third thing. He, he sort of then uses us to make peace in the world around us. Um, and that's point number three. It's about peace with others. And, and this is a relationship that God wants us to enjoy with people around us. Um, peace in our relationships with other people. But this one... Really, um, we have the least control over um, because we have no control over how other people relate to us. But we have a measure of how we relate to other people. And so listen to what Paul says in Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So, so as far as it depends on you, you're to live at peace with everyone. So, you know, uh, in the holidays, a lot of times, there's some awkward family things that come up, and there's some awkward situations maybe that, that people have to deal with. Uh, and um, in some families, you know, some very old pain that's never been dealt with. Some of it's new. 
Um, uh, and, and so, you know, in some of those relationships, you kind of know what you need to do, and in other ones, you have no idea what you're supposed to do, and this, this whole thing can sort of come on us. But um, as far as it depends on you, you need to be at a spot where, where you're forgiving, and certainly you forgive it all. You, remember, I've told you this, forgiveness doesn't mean that you allow people to come back in and do the same thing to you again. It just means we're not going to hold on to the judgment of it all and continue to be part of the problem. Um, we're going to let God have it, and where we need to, we'll put some healthy boundaries in place so people have an opportunity to change or repent or make some, some movement, some healthy movement um, in our lives. But we don't want to be carrying that around, and we don't want to be the one, you know, holding on to grudges that don't need to be held on to. And so there's, you know, a lot of stuff that separates people is little stuff. The big stuff, don't hear, you know, hear me, that's, that's, that's a little different. But the, a lot of the petty stuff that people have going on, we need to sort of let go of. Paul said this in Ephesians 4.31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So it's sort of as we go back to remembering how amazing it is to be at peace with God and how he forgave us of all that mess and the mess that's still going on. Since he's forgiven us, we're to be those who forgive others. And there's something about hanging on to that sense of amazement that we're justified, just as if we had not sinned. And he chooses to see us in the perfection of his son. As long as you never forget that, it will keep your heart tender in your relationship with others. And then as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. Some people won't live at peace with you and as hard as that is, that's just part of a, part of a fallen world. But um, we, we extend it to others. We extend this peace to others as it rests in us. And it's one of the big ways that we make a difference in the world around us, being a people of, of peace as well and extending that peace that we're experiencing to the world around us. So I want you to think about that this week uh, and how amazing it is. Mostly, you know, I hope the takeaway is that what, how awesome it is to be justified. To, to know this peace that passes understanding and that he, he wants it to impact every area of our lives. So we'll leave it there this week. Next week, we'll, we'll talk about love uh, as uh, the fourth of these huge Advent gifts, but uh, that's a great one to think about. If you're watching by video, we're so glad that you do that. And uh, we, we'd love to have you visit. When you, when you can, visit us. If you need prayer, go to our website. There's a place for prayer there, and we'll make sure we pray for you. Hope to see you soon.